Uh, we, wait, hold on. So we have a recurring segment on the show uh, called Greg Facts, okay. where uh, we give a fact about uh, our good pal Greg. And uh, so I just want to get I just want to get the Greg fact out of the way for the week. Um, on the most recent Poppin' Dogs and Talking Hogs, he discussed uh, growing up in Long Island. The he there was like they built all the houses kind of the same, and they would put the the stairs would go all the way up through the same stairwell to like all the floors. Yeah. And uh, when he was in high school, he snuck into one that they were building, climbed up to the attic before they put the stairs in, and, and then shit down all the floors <laughs> through the space where the stairs were going to go. Greg! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you can't see my face, but I'm not liking this at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most like currently in their 30s grew up watching jackass <laughs> yeah style thing you Completely. can do it's just like oh yeah I god public jackass is responsible for so much public shitting like there's no <laughs> way yeah public <laughs> shitting jackass and like and like shopping cart accidents <laughs> i literally knew a kid who lit himself on fire in a shopping cart because of jackass yeah Hello and welcome to Wrestlesplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, explains wrestling to new wrestling fan, my friend Rachel Millman. How are you, Rachel? Hi, I'm good. I uh, just got back from my mom's house for, uh, for Mother's Day. How you was know. that? It was good. The weird thing about like visiting your parents for every single weekend is realizing that like basically every parent is a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Like, I drink so <laughs> much whenever I go to my parents' house. And you always think you're going to be like, oh, it's so relaxing. I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to be in New York. I'll see their cats or their dogs. And then you realize that you're going to get like insanely wine drunk and sleep on an air mattress. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of getting very drunk, uh, we have a wonderful guest with us today. Speaking of <laughs> no. being an alcoholic. <laughs> no, I have oh, no. place I'm going with this. I promise. <laughs> I know it sounds very bad. Our guest today, here, this is what I was going to say. Speaking of getting very drunk, I got very drunk at the first wrestling show I ever went to with our guest today. Okay, fair Chris enough. Chris Cubis. Hey, Chris how's it Cubis going? is here. Hi, Chris. <laughs> hey, this hey, is actually hey. I think, Chris, I have been in a lot of your peripheral circles for so long, but I think this is the first time we've actually so talked. Like spoken, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Rachel has heard much about you. Yeah. Uh, you grew up in upstate, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the Hudson Valley. Where so did I. I grew. I went to Kingston High School. Oh shit! You're from Kingston? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> technically, my mailing address was New Paltz, but I mostly grew up like I went to school in Kingston. I grew up in Cairo. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so like, we all have the same tenuous connection of I sort of know Coheed and Cambria. Oh, a hundred percent. The only one I liked was the one that got all fucked up on heroin. <laughs> like he was cool the rest of that band was dicks yeah i mean it was definitely one of those things because like i'm i'm 30 and like the emo boom really hit that area in a beautiful terrible way like because we were all pretended we had every single kid pretended they had great connections with equal vision records because <laughs> they saw like chiotos at a show or something like that um and like it was only a matter of time before i said that band's name on this podcast and i'm surprised <laughs> yeah. it took this long gonna come but up but any 
Any upstate discussion is eventually going to delve into like emo, uh, emo culture and like pop punk and that whole boom. But I think I'm like slightly I'm like slightly older. So there's also the like shitty hardcore scene that I like, like E-Town Concrete and that kind of shit that was just constantly playing it like the chance. This, yeah, this oh is a conversation God, for chance. specifically two people, by the way. No yeah, I'm, uh, no, I've, I've tapped out, but I appreciate that you guys are bonding. I think the fact, <laughs> I think this is going to be for way more than two people, but I already <laughs> wanted to bring this up later in the episode. So let's pause yes, and we'll, we're going to, we'll this back. isn't, this isn't a conversation just about upstate New York <laughs> yeah. shithead hardcore kids. We have, we have a connection we will bring up. We have a connection we'll bring up. Although it just, it means a lot to me that there's at least <laughs> another person who has definitely, definitely definitely hung out at the Hudson, New York, like billiards club when we were 16, <laughs> which is not an appropriate place for a 16 year old to be hanging out, no. but I could get in and I played pool there poorly all the time. But anyway, so yeah, uh, for our listeners, J- uh, Cubis, Chris Cubis, very funny comedian. Uh, I've known for years uh, in, in Austin. Uh, you may know him from At Midnight. He has a podcast called Cancelled, which is really fun that I've done where he has a guest on and they talk about uh, a cancelled show episode by episode. What, what show are you doing right now? Uh, I'm currently doing Freaky Links with Mac Blake, which is a, uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like if they made X-Files for people that really like puka shell necklaces and the band Everclear. It's real bad. Ethan Everett's the lead. Uh, but it's pretty it's a it's a fun it's, fun listen. Wrestling fans, we've also covered uh, Wrestling Society X on that show, which is a I've never even heard of that. There's a reason. It was on for maybe 13 episodes on MTV in like maybe 2000, maybe a little before that. Uh Ooh. It's rough. It's actually, that's not fair. It's not bad. And actually, everybody that you like now was kind of on that show. Like, really? Seth Rollins was on that show. Cole Cabana was on that show. Fucking Matt Sydal. Like, all these people that you see on everything were, like, on that show for sure. So, whoa. Yeah, that, that actually sounds interesting. That we might have you back to talk it's about. It's also that. real uh, bad. <laughs> it's also like a, one of the, they have like a piranha tank death match. It's real bad. <laughs> I really liked seeing Greg on Silent Library. <laughs> yeah, so Rachel and I are big best friends fans. Absolutely. And so she watched she watched uh Greg Trent Beretta on Silent Library. That was like <laughs> the th- probably like the tenth wrestling thing she watched. <laughs> it was one of the, it's one of the few ones that I sought out of my own volition too, because Chris, I don't know if you know this, I basically purposely put my blinders on as much as possible for the show because I want to remain a novice for as long as possible. I want to have as organic a reaction I can have, but there's certain things I've sought out outside of it, and I just, I I found the clip, and I was like, I have to watch this. I actually had our West Coast producer make me a gif of Greg's entrance on that show, (laughs) because he just, he sticks his tongue out during his info info card, and I was like, this is hysterical. This is, he's the best. (laughs) Anyway, we have well, this episode is about the new day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I do want to backtrack a little bit because I, I did say this when I was introing Cubis. Uh, Cubis was at the first wrestling thing I ever went to, which was the South by Southwest uh, Wrestle Circus show like two years ago. Do you remember that? I very much do, and I will talk about that. But I want to take this one step further back and <laughs> okay, say okay. that one of the first times maybe you had ever seen the new day 
was yes, at was my at house. your house. We were having yeah. my girlfriend and I were having a party, and it was the weekend of SummerSlam. So halfway through the party, I was like, "I'll be inside," and I just went inside <laughs> to watch wrestling. And you watched uh, New Day. I want to say it was versus like Anderson and Gallows, maybe or something. Uh, at the, the time, only but yeah, thing I, I remember, remember about in. it was that John Stewart came out. Oh right, right. What? Right. <laughs> oh, hold on. Does yeah. Rachel not know about that? No, she doesn't. She's looking at me like, oh. how could you not have told me? John Stewart. Like, for John two Stewart's seconds, I thought you were like the green, like the Green Lantern, John Stewart, which makes even less sense because <laughs> he's not real. Um, <laughs> John Stewart of the Daily Show. John came Stewart out. of the Daily Show and of New Jersey. What do you have contact? The, that was the first time I saw the New Day for sure. Yes, and, and you were already a fan at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. That. I mean, you I've were been, like, oh, you got to see these guys are awesome. Yeah, they were super fun. Also, if I remember correctly, it was them feuding against Anna. Anderson and Gallows because Anderson and Gallows were doing that terrible gimmick where they were doctors and they had the New Day's testicles in jars. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. That's the plot. And of I remember Austin you being Powers like, "What too. is this?" But then also not leaving. Like you were like, "What is yeah. this?" But then you like sat down and was like, "Okay, maybe I'll watch this." <laughs> that is 100% the plot of Austin Powers 2. two. They stole their mojo and they have to get it back. It, yeah, I mean, I definitely had watched some wrestling before then. Like, I was exposed to it because I was, I was 10 during, like, the peak of the Attitude Era. Sure. So, like, I definitely had seen it before. But I think that was one of the first times of me watching it as an adult. And it was very fun to watch with you. And, and like, you know, it was a party, so people were kind of coming in and out. And, like, we have friends that are wrestling fans. So there were... there were It wasn't just, like, Cubist sitting there alone in the middle yeah, of the party. Yeah, just all in a dark room, all sad. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, if that is what would have happened, you would have done that. Oh, 100%. You would have been fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do that most days. It's fine. Uh, but no, I definitely remember going to that Wrestle Circus show. I thought that show was really good. I was very drunk by the end of that show. Uh, I remember um, you because you were sitting. You were sitting next to us. We like found each other, and uh, I was with my boyfriend at the time, who had met you, but I don't think knew you super well. And you got so drunk that you started cheering for someone in a match that had already ended. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. I can't remember. Who I can't remember who it was, but they had they had already won and left, <laughs> and a new match was on, and you were still cheering for them. That sounds about right. I feel like that night I got caught peeing on a bush in front of the Taco Bell by my house. So like, <laughs> they, that was a that was a rough one. Uh, this is a really like full circle conversation about yeah. like peeing outside, <laughs> weird bonds of being a shithead. Uh, yeah. All of it. I love it. So, yeah, I think uh, with that said, yeah, we did watch a lot of the New Day stuff. And I knew I wanted to do a New Day episode and I knew you were the perfect person to do it because you're a big fan of them. And because I'd watched it with you and you'd sort of explained the mythology to me. <laughs> so, like, have you been a wrestling fan consistently your whole life or did you get back into it later? I, or like, what's there your trajectory? There's definitely in and outs. Like most people, I think if you talk to them, like you watch as a kid. Then maybe you're like 13, 14, it's not cool anymore, you stop watching, you get back. So there's been a couple of periods where I've like punched out, but I would mm -hmm. say pretty consistent. Um, less so, what's funny is like growing up in the Northeast, there was a lot of like indie wrestling around. Mm -hmm. So like I would, I, I went to like real early Ring of Honor shows and real early like CZW shows that were. Oh in shit. Like, and like, the, uh, like a tiny indoor soccer gym, like like just real little shows around Jersey and Philadelphia and shit. So I was kind of into like the indie shit, 
even more so than I was watching WWE for quite for quite a while there. Um, just because wow. you could go, just because you could go, and it was like it's it's always to me it's just a more fun thing to see live, you know. Uh, I agree. I, I think that like that Russell Circus show, like specifically, you are very fun to watch wrestling with because you're very loud. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I think that's also what makes me a good fan. That is uh, very much what makes Rachel a good fan is that we're both like very rowdy people. <laughs> and well, that's the best yeah. part of wrestling is that like I've said it to you before, the the most fun reaction you can have at a live performance of anything is to boo it. Booing oh, is inherently the most fun. And that's why wrestling is the best because you're like, if you're booing, you're being a good fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not being yeah, yeah, a yeah. dickhead. Like you're doing your job. So you can go and get all that out. And it's actually like encouraged, you know? Um, yeah. No wrestler is going to do a medium.com piece about like getting booed. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like uh, this safe space right now because they're booing. They're using their privilege to oppress my performance. <laughs> Exactly. It's uh, I think especially for like, cause we're live performers, we're comics, sure. and like, you can't, you can't boo at comedy. You can't like, you know, that's so against the, the it's rules. Bad. And then you can go to, then you can go to wrestling and just act a fucking fool, and it's so fun. <laughs> this is my favorite thing I've ever seen happen at a show. Jake Flores was on stage at Cap City. It was some showcase. So it was full. It was like three hundred people in the big room. And he was doing his joke at the time where he'd go, do you guys like college football? And everyone would cheer. And he'd go, well, I don't. And he'd go into his college football bit. He gets to, well, I don't. And 300 people start booing him in unison. <laughs> like, boo. Like, full on booing. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is uh, a special uh, yeah. thing. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Wrestling so, no, rules. Off and on, more on than off by a lot, pretty mm -hmm. much my entire life. Uh, this may be the longest stretch as an adult that I have gone without watching WWE or F at mm. the time or whatever, because I'm a pretentious asshole and I stopped watching. I stopped giving them my money after they bought their way into the Trump administration. But that's a to topic for another conversation. Yeah, for sure. We had that conversation on this show. <laughs> Definitely an episode we need to do because yeah. it's like. Uh, I feel like it's very hard to uh, non-problematically enjoy a lot of wrestling. Absolutely. But that's like, that's like one thing that I think is so cool about the New Day and that, you know, we're, we're going to get into, I think, is like, sure. they're weird. They're kind of amazingly groundbreaking in a lot of ways, especially for a company as regressive as the WWE. Absolutely. I think my, and I have no reason to believe this, but in my head for some, somehow, I think Vince McMahon just, he so doesn't understand what they're doing that he just is like, oh, people are buying t-shirts, whatever, and he doesn't pay attention to them. Because I yeah. don't think they would be able to get away with the things they do if he was actually paying attention the way he does to everything else. Uh, I, I, I think you're right in the sense that he's so, it's that he is so out of touch that is what allows them to do what exactly. they do. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, it really like, to is. do like weird meme references and stuff all the time. <laughs> just, there's no way when you do. You, I'm assuming you've seen that Andre the Giant documentary. Yeah. yeah. He he just laughs so hard at the idea of Andre farting <laughs> that that is the height of what he thinks comedy is. So nothing that isn't like that, anything two steps above that completely over his head. So he's like, <laughs> whatever. People are laughing. They're buying T-shirts. I don't understand it, but I'm not gonna. I think it's a lot of. 
how they get away with what they're doing. Right. Cause it, it is profitable. Like they're super, super over. They're making a ton of money. When did, when and did you can you... even think about it the way they started, which was definitely his idea, which was like, you'll be uh black preachers. Right. That's how the new day started was they were like, Oh, you're like gospely black preachers. That's actually what I was just going to ask you is like, so how, like, what is the origin of them? So that's what it was. They were like, well, uh, well, I mean, there, you kind of have to go back a little bit before that to Mm -hmm. the fact that, so Kofi was around forever. He was, he was Jamaican at one point. Uh, Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was was so much fun that I do not realize people that she doesn't know this. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to the appeal of the show. Kofi Kingston. (laughs) Spent like the first, I don't know, five years, maybe more, probably more, as doing a fake Jamaican accent and uh, going like, bah, bah, bah. And all the shit was called, <laughs> his, like, his moves were called like Trouble in Paradise. Like he was just fake no! Jamaican for most of his career. And then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is, there's, this is some like niche Twitter shit. Um, there's this guy who regularly like rebrands his entire account. His most famous iteration was Homer Marijuana, um, where it was basically Homer Simpson smoked a lot of weed. But his, my favorite iteration he ever did was pretending to be a horny Jamaican tennis ball. Yes, <laughs> I remember. And this makes me think of horny Jamaican tennis ball immediately. I mean, I feel like even if you don't know what you're talking about, you can enjoy conceptually the idea of a character called the horny Jamaican tennis and ball. And it was a very self-referential <laughs> character, like in literally every tweet, like, hey, man, <laughs> it's me. A, it's me, a horny Jamaican tennis ball. <laughs> but so like, Kofi Kingston was so a Kofi, horny Jamaican tennis ball. So Kofi was a horny Jamaican tennis ball. And then you had <laughs> uh, Big E was around in the early days of uh, NXT. And then mm-hmm. he came on, the, I think, the main roster as like Christian Cage's bodyguard for a while. Or maybe Seth Rollins' bodyguard. For, he was a bodyguard mm-hmm. for a minute. Of um, course, they I had so, a big guy, big black guy be a bodyguard. Sure, but also like, that's not... Yeah. like I, There's a <laughs> lot of shit that I will give the WWE like shit about racially, but like having a big guy be a bodyguard isn't really Mm. one of them. Like (laughs) just because like, do you just have a lot of like, that's there have been big guy bodyguards in wrestling for like decades and decades. And he is a big guy. So it's like, all right, I'll let that slide. They didn't like, they they didn't like put him in like Harlem heat. Fuck it. I'm, I'm referencing shit. Rachel's going to have no idea what I'm talking about, but like, Famously, when Harlem Heat came out one time with uh, Booker T's old tag team in WCW, when they started, they were escaped convicts that were owned. Oh, no. They were owned by a white guy named Colonel Parker, I think. It's bad. Fuck. So, like, fuck. Yeah. So like, oh. I, you have bodyguard, to judge everything in wrestling a on a scale. And when you've seen, <laughs> oh, no. when you've seen that, you're like, go be a bodyguard. You're you're the Obama <laughs> of bodyguards right now. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, we've said this before in conversations about like, oh, we heard this person's bad. And like there's I forget who we were having this conversation with, but they were saying to us like, hey, isn't Bray Wyatt bad? Like he cheats on his wife a lot. And I was like, he's a wrestler. We, we grade on such a curve here. And I yeah. think it's really genuinely kind of fascinating how 
we kind of and we kind of hold the world the rest of the world to like a far harder barometer but so we can enjoy this prop this entertainment which has so many elements that are sticky at best (laughs) that we're just kind of like hell yeah he only cheats on her consensually like (laughs) allegedly allegedly we'll also add um also bray was nice to me at the airport so i have nothing bad to say about right so i'll (laughs) we'll die for him because he was nice at the airport yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah yeah, so so biggie was a bodyguard he was a bodyguard and Xavier Woods was just sort of a he had an afro he was like he didn't really have any he was a he was just a a fun black guy which is a very common trope and they were kind of all kicking around the the uh mid card not doing much and I think they from what I understand they all went like hey I think you know we could do something good together they like rode together they had realized they had good chemistry and they got stuck with the New Day gimmick of they were black preachers. And okay. they would like sing gospel shit. And they were all about the power of positivity. That's where that all started. Uh, that, the name makes more sense now knowing that. Like sure. that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And they had like well, the, in- their, 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 their like uh, Titan Tron video was like a black gospel choir that would sing them. They didn't mm-hmm. have any of like the entrance. They had a little bit of that. That started a little later. But like. They were just sort of, they were bad guys because nobody likes that character, but right. they weren't what they've become even a little bit, even early what they become. And it's very clear that they were the ones pushing it to where it would be. Like they were the ones bringing in the weird meme references and they were the ones that would do uh, you know, video game stuff and anime stuff. That's all clearly from them. And I think yeah. that's what connects so well with a lot of people is like when you can see it's organic and you can see it's like, oh, no, this Xavier Woods is a nerd. He, yeah, he, that is why they want to have their dressed up like Dragon Ball Z is because he watches Dragon Ball Z. Like you can you get that connection and I think it just makes it more effective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. it is interesting to know that. I mean. It's definitely something that seems very organic to them. And Rachel and I were talking about this before we started because we were, you know, watching their entrance and everything. And like, uh, just that this is sort of like a new archetype in wrestling, like like having like your gimmick be that you're like a black nerd. Like, that's a for sure. It's black. It's being a black wrestling fan, especially as a kid, was so like. So, like, when I was a kid and I'd growing up watching, like, Strictly WF, really, as a child, your black guys were uh, Coco Beware, who came out and danced and had a bird. There was the junk, <laughs> there was the junkyard dog. Wait, hold on. Yeah. He had a bird? He had a big bird named Frankie that would, like, he'd come out with a bird on his shoulder and he would do, was like, a... Was it a real bird? Oh, yeah. There was a lot of animals back then, and you do not want to look into what happened to those animals, because it's it is not happy. Uh-huh. Well, birds live for, like, 45 years or some shit. Not as a wrestler, they don't. Everybody, <laughs> everybody can connect it to wrestling is a much shorter lifespan than they really would. That poor bird. Bird also, or otherwise. There was something that... We watched once. Oh, no, there was something I watched that I saw on YouTube recently where they brought a snake in the ring. Yeah, Jake the Snake has a snake. snake. Jake the Snake Snake actually bit someone when it wasn't supposed to because it's a fucking snake. Yeah, And, like, birds have a... 
birds have a knife for a mouth, so like that isn't eventually gonna go well. Yeah, and like the British bulldogs had a bulldog, but they gave it drugs yep. and shit. Like they they're, they're, no. they were all monsters. Everyone involved in wrestling prior to like 1997 was a piece of garbage, and that's a yeah. Well, don't wrestlers probably will hear this, and please don't think I actually believe that. But <laughs> there is some evidence to that fact. But that being said. Uh, so yeah, so you had Coco Beware, he danced and he had a bird. You had the Junkyard Dog, he danced and he wore a dog collar. Uh, you had oh. Hakeem the African Dream, who was a white guy in a dashiki. The, no! Her no! options oh my God. for black wrestlers, particularly in WWE, were really lackluster. Uh, yeah. So I, there was a guy who I always liked named uh, Bad News Brown. And I liked him because he was just a he was a bad guy. And even but even as a kid, I liked him because he's like, oh, he's just a tough black dude from Harlem. He wasn't from Harlem. He was from like Calgary, but his character's from Harlem. But sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have some dumb fucking dancing, making everybody happy gimmick. He was just like a tough guy. Uh, right. Well, that's what's so interesting about the New Day is like they they come out and they dance and stuff, which like it can lean kind of minstrelly as as we were talking about earlier. But it's so clearly them, so it it doesn't at exactly. all. Like it doesn't read that way. That the reason yeah. I, the reason I think it doesn't read that way, at least for me, is that like when you watch the old shit and the shit I grew up with, and even later, the day even now, if you look at like Apollo Cruz, great yeah. athlete. Physically very good, but what is he? He's a black guy that smiles, and he has. You know, I feel like you don't get anything that's Apollo Cruz, like from him. Whereas these guys, yeah, they're dancing, but those are their dances. Kofi yeah. decided to twerk because he thinks it's funny. Like <laughs> I really Big like E Kofi... gyrates his hips because that's what he would do if the camera wasn't around. Like that, you know what I mean? Well, that I was at Raw twenty five okay. and um. They there was something at the end where a bunch of the locker room came out. I can't remember what was going on, but New Day was there and the camera wasn't on them and they were doing that. And I was like, <laughs> and that's when I was just like, uh, like these guys are so they're fucking showmen like and they are having a goddamn blast because it was. Yeah, I can't. They were like twerking to like Steve Austin's theme or something like it was just like something that made no but they were just having fun like they right. were just having a great time and I really like that Kofi enhances his twerk by having whenever he's got the belt on but having it be on his butt so it moves even more <laughs> so it looks like an even more like ferocious twerk it's, it's um, fantastic yeah absolutely I it's love that. clear you're dealing with professionals here. yeah it's there's these are people who know how to enhance literally everything visually including For themselves sure. twerking and like, yeah, I mean, I first heard of the New Day because, again, this is prior to us doing the show a couple years ago when they got bootios <laughs> because I'm friends with like the exact type of wrestling nerds that sure. we are that I can actually talk shop with now. Right. A lot of this sort of already bled into my various social media feeds. And I remember when I think it was my friend, it was my friend Jay uh, who listens to the show and he also has a show called, uh, I don't even know, television. So, I mean, if you listen to his show, this is who I'm talking about. Um, he was like, I'm posted on Facebook, like I'm so happy for the new day. They got their own cereal. These guys have been grinding for such a long time. The fact that WWE is willing to put money behind this is really great. And that's how I first heard of them. Cause I was like, who is this? And I Googled it and I was like oh it's a tag team they seem really cool and then fast right. forward a couple years and now we're here so that's how sure. I first heard of them yeah I the the fact that they have cereal 
And then also like can incorporate that cereal, like plugging that cereal into bits funnily. I don't know if you watched that time. <laughs> Uh, the time machine segment that I sent. Yeah. Oh my god. When they so come out of the time, well, first off, there's two things about that time machine that are my absolute favorite. One of which is when they reveal it, and Big E just goes, "No, no, don't do this. Why are we? That is a refrigerator box. Don't do this." Like that. That self awareness is very funny to me. But when they yeah. come out of it and they're supposed to have gone back in time and they have a box of Derriere squares, good for you. Oh guys. my god. I was crying. (laughs) Well, what I loved about that bit distinctly is that this was them. Those are the to me. Those are guys who that was their Calvin and Hobbes homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like that's such a Calvin and Hobbes thing to do. Um, of like we're gonna get into a cardboard box and we're going to go back in time, but it's going to be real and it's going to be real to us and we're gonna have all these funny little details. I thought it was so charming. Yeah, it's yeah. super try and like stuff like that in anyone else's hands would be cornball as shit. But yeah. when they do it, it's like you said, like they treat it so like not even re- not even though they necessarily treat it real, but they put so much effort into it and have such a good time doing it that when they come out, they've gone back in time and for some reason they're older and I don't get yeah. that, but it makes <laughs> me laugh very hard. Yeah, they're all wearing mustaches like and mustaches stuff. mustaches and shit. I'm like, why? You went backwards? Whatever. I don't care. It's very funny yeah. to me. I, um, I also really appreciate um, any black performer who's willing to do a go back in time bit because that doesn't always that doesn't go well past, I, well, I like, think, 1991. I kind of think they there's a, a bit of that. I think they it's not really obvious, but if you ask me, they are referencing that. At one point, they go too. They go like too far back, and in a very like much bigger delivery than anything else, Biggie grabs Xavier, and it's just like, "Why did you bring us here?" Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I kind of think there's a little bit like they're referencing that a little bit. Like they can again, bring sort layers of to as it. much. Sorry, go ahead. No, What'd no, you go say? ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. I was like, it's sort of as much as you're allowed to on a show that is like very pointedly not dealing with race in any sort of substantive way. Like they get a little bit of that in, you know? Yeah, Yeah. they're super, super smart in how they do it. And again, I think that's a very astute observation that they're kind of smarter than Vince when it comes to this sort of comedy. Because like they, they have all the instruments and they have the joy of that. Um, but again, and in, in, if it were controlled by Vince, we would probably feel a lot ickier about it. Yeah. Every, well, yeah. But also, because if it was controlled by Vince, they would have come out dressed as slaves and it would have been hilarious Ugh, to right. him. Yeah. Like they yeah, are. Exactly. He, the, like it is hard. <laughs> it's hard to watch the WWE as a person of color. Yeah. Because uh, on one hand, you like the people and you want them to make money and like succeed. And I like appreciate the sacrifices you're making. But on the other hand, they still to this day will put up DX in blackface as one of the like top 10 best segments they've ever done. Like whenever yeah. they do those top 10 lists or like b- most wow raw moments. DX in blackface impersonating nation of domination is like number four on the list every time. Uh, so it is hard sometimes to like reconcile your love of a thing with the person who made it. <laughs> if that makes any sense. 
absolutely no, it does. absolutely makes sense and that like that kind of brings us to something that I really wanted to talk about sure. I had never seen so for this episode uh, Chris sent us a bunch of stuff to watch a, a bunch of promos a few matches <clears throat> and one of the matches you sent us was the them going to the Wyatt compound <laughs> see now okay I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> yeah <laughs> I the reason I sent that is twofold one I thought it was interesting to show a thing that didn't work. Uh, yeah. Because as a whole, people do not like that segment. Uh, yeah. And you can also tell that because that feud, they just stopped having a feud. Like after that segment, there was no more Wyatt's versus New Day. It just, mm -hmm. they just acted like it didn't happen. Uh, so I thought it was interesting to see a thing that maybe they didn't, wasn't as successful. The other thing mm. about that is, I kind of like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's something there. My, if you take out the attempted murders that happen a lot, uh, <laughs> there are several attempted murders in that segment. <laughs> I, when it ended and they revealed all those like 50 other people surrounding them with the masks on. I was yeah. like, I was excited for the possibility of this feud because like, well, who the fuck are all those people? Does, does the Wyatts have an army? Are they going to bring out 15 <laughs> new wrestlers? What's with all those lights? Like, I was like, this could be really fun. The there is a very uncomfortable <laughs> Django fucking feel to that fight. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what's so interesting about it is like, and I, I agree with you. Like, I, I don't think it worked, but it's it's so intriguing because it's like there are some serious racial overtones to a, a bunch of creepy rednecks attacking up some black guys in the woods like <laughs> yeah. under the under the lighting of pickup trucks like it's so evocative of like real yeah. disturbing rough shit and the first thing one of the first things i asked kath was is this pre or post Char charleston oh because it's definitely it pre it's pre-trump yeah. definitely like, pre we're, we're pre -Trump, yeah, yeah yeah i want to say it's 2016 um, yeah. yeah but well, here, there's also another element to this that I think is interesting is that it is very much a response to what Matt Hardy was doing in TNA at the time. And I don't know how yes. much of any of that you have actually seen. Kath, I think you maybe are a little familiar with that. Yeah, Rachel, we've talked about it. Matt Hardy, the like uh, final deletion. Oh, yeah, guy. I think yeah. it was some delete shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like that, he's doing that kind of in WWE now, but that started in TNA and yeah. people really, really liked it. And yeah. so WWE kind of developed this angle with Bray Wyatt that's like sort of similar. Right. Well, because he. Had, yeah, and now they have them teamed up together in WWE. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's of true. Course. Well, because. The reason I bring it up is like it, over there, yes, they like go to the Hardy compound and they have this big yeah. fight that's like kind of in the woods and it's not in a ring and it's shot differently. So this is you can tell their attempt to do something like that. But what they yeah. miss entirely is the fun because the Hardy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've watched, like, like go watch some of the Hardy stuff. It's pure absurdity. There is it's a, goofy, yeah. There is a lake of reincarnation that where you get dumped into it, you come out as a previous incarnation of your character. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a baby that wrestles people. There's sentient drones. Like, it's 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 silly. It sounds like some Doctor Who shit. Very much. It's like, 
it's like adult swim doctor who exactly like yeah. it gets that is, it's yeah. so goofy and yeah this like it it doesn't have any of that levity so it <laughs> there's just, no levity and like i i don't i kind of like the bray wyatt character at this point like yeah. they've really you know fucked it up but like sure. i think there's like you no, can the time, do fun I love things that. with that even with him playing it straight and it also had like the the idea of that feud to me is like it's almost they're the perfect you've got good versus evil right you've got the power of yeah. positivity in a new day versus the eater of worlds and the bad and the like oh the world is shit and i'm gonna watch it burn of the of the y compound so they're like tailor-made to have this feud but then they happen to do it as like a horror film slash lynching and it turns out no one wants to see that <laughs> yeah I th- I think the thing that made that especially jarring for me was that the New Day isn't in their ring gear and for some reason that to me is like because they're so cartoony and so like you know th- everybody in wrestling is kind of a superhero but when they come out in like Technicolor uh, shiny outfits and yeah. like elf shoes and shit and then it's like it's just Xavier Woods and a wife beater getting the shit kicked out of him yeah. like it it has a very different feeling yeah. yeah very much there are multiple attempted murders in that fight Bray Wyatt tries to bury a pickaxe in Xavier Woods' chest at one point that will take you out of a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. I a mean, there were bit. already there's stuff in the Hell in a Cell that slightly took me out of it, and it was nowhere near nowhere near as like the overtones that this one had. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's also I think this is the only thing. Everything else you sent us, which was awesome, we watched um, for our listeners. We'll we'll post it in the in the episode description. But we watched uh, the Triple Threat Threat Tag Team Ladder Match with the Lucha Dragons and the Usos. And uh, the um, Hell in a Cell match from last October with them against the Usos. And then a lot of the promos you sent us were them and the Usos. They seem to work with the Usos a lot. And it's like, they're really good foils for each other too. But it was interesting to see them work with somebody else, you know? For sure. And I think the reason, I think partially why they work so well with the Usos is is like both of them are so kind of, at least aesthetically, like hip hop, like steeped in hip hop culture. Yeah. Point, but like on either side of it, right? So you've got yeah. like the sort of hardcore gangster side of Usos as much as you can have the gangster side in the fucking WWE. But like when you, you know, we watched that rap battle segment and like just the fact that on the one side is a bunch of guys in bandanas and black hats. And then the other side is a shirtless, uh, Abraham Lincoln and a guy in an Eagle costume. You've got like (laughs) such both sides of that, of what hip hop is and why hip hop is so great is you can have both of those things and they're both still hip hop. And I think they are, they speak such to the hip hop, like generation and culture that that also helps them connect a lot. I, 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 That's a really maybe. astute observation, too, because I mean it's also it's old. It's a lot of like old school versus new school thing. Sure. Like, mm. yeah, definitely. Like, it's kind of like little Yachty versus, I guess, Tupac probably <laughs> is what people hold up as like that sort of iteration of rap. Um, but that the, the I just I was. I tweeted this out from the account too. It's just incredible how much more Wale I have listened to ever since I got into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kimis, I don't know if I told you this, but so we we went to WrestleMania weekend and yeah. we ended up at Wale Mania. Oh wow, how like, was that? <laughs> 
Uh, it was interesting. We watched uh, Mojo Raleigh fucking get his life, get down. <laughs> uh, we d- we watched Marty Skrull attempting to dance, and it was very embarrassing. Oh boy, that sounds not. <laughs> I'm, I'm. It makes me very happy about Mojo Raleigh though, because I like. I want to. I want good things for him that I don't know he's ever gonna get, but I really want them. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very funny experience last night. Um, this this will come out in probably a week or two, so this won't be super topical. But so yesterday, uh, Sami Zayn tweeted about how he's pro Palestine, and you know he stands with the people of Palestine after the embassy opening and everything. And someone in the comments just tagged Mojo Raleigh and was like, "Mojo Raleigh, you got anything to say?" And I didn't realize that Mojo Raleigh was uh, Arab, and I just I thought they really wanted to know what right Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out Mojo Raleigh, I think he's Jordanian or something. He's like from oh. that part of the world. But I just thought it was a fan who like really wanted Mojo Raleigh's position on Israel <laughs> Palestine. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was, I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is the funniest possible person you could try to get this opinion from. Yeah. Just him shaking his head sadly going like, not hype. It's not hype. <laughs> <laughs> not hype. Exactly. Yeah. It, I, I'm glad you didn't know that too, because I felt kind of dumb. Because like I tweeted something and people were like, "Actually, uh, he's from," and I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind. This is like relatively normal, but still pretty funny." Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think I think the reason we don't, well, partially the reason we don't really like know that is he. I assumed he was Jersey Shore Italian because that is the character. Absolutely. He's but also, yeah. Sami Zayn is very vocal about his Syrian heritage and doing good things for in sure. Syria. And uh, I don't know that Mojo Raleigh has ever brought that up. You know, after I found that out, there is a YouTube video of him cutting a promo in Arabic. So oh, it dope. is out there. All right, good for him. But Never it's, mind, I'll shut yeah. up. <laughs> no, but it's, it's yeah, it's like at a house show. Like, it's not something they'd ever have yeah, him do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think about that with Sami Zayn of like, it's he's probably so lucky that he's a redhead and they can't convincingly make him a fucking Jinder Mahal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I'm just so happy. Like, he's, Sammy's kind of a good parallel to the New Day, too, because like, he's skanking in one of his shirts. He's a big, goofy redhead, but he also takes his heritage seriously and in a way that definitely works with our politics. Yeah, for um, sure. He, yeah, and but also, also like, he, like at the time, he always wore like the Syrian flag on his tights, and like yeah, yeah. he's very much about that. Uh, and like he has even said, and I, I do appreciate, it, and I do think it's like very much the same with the New Day, is that like you can now be over as a blank American, Syrian American, African or whatever, without right. that having to be your character. Right, like, yeah, it's not just oh, if he like it used to be, if you're you know he's Syrian, okay, so what? How do we put a bomb on his vest or whatever? Like they were just would have, <laughs> right. that's just what they would have done. And now, for obvious reasons, Sammy has an easier time doing that than the New Day. Sure, he can pass a little a bit, sure. Yeah, White but he also doesn't person. really try. It's not like he ever. No, he never like denies it or downplays his Syrian heritage. He's just, no, I'm no, Sammy I mean, first and then Syrian second or whatever, which is fine. And yeah. Sammy's, Sammy Zayn is like, it doesn't immediately read as an Arabic name, but it is. Yeah. So like, it's it's definitely there. And I mean, we were talking about too, before we started recording the New Day, um, wearing, during February, they had kente cloth on their gear. And yeah. like, Big E specifically tweeting, like, we're wearing kente cloth on our gear because it's Black History Month. Like, yeah. 
that you're allowed to to do that, but that isn't what the character is. It's not, um, you know, he's they're not having him come out as fucking Farrakhan or whatever. <laughs> like, right, it's right, just, right. It's not the nation of domination again. I also exactly. Like, I forgot there already is like a fucking nation of Islam. Yeah, like, there was the nation of domination, oh, and they were it. like the militant pro-black. But what's funny too is no one remembers this. They also have the Rock in it, who is like yep. kind of black, and then. Uh, <laughs> They also, for a minute, there was like a white biker in it when it first started. That that group <laughs> took a weird turn at one point. Uh, but like, he's the like other- the guy. Have you seen the movie Four Lions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the white guy in the Four Lions. That's- <laughs> uh, the other, and you mentioned him, uh, Biggie tweeting. I think another important thing about the New Day is how well they got themselves over outside of the main product. Like, using social media for sure, but then also, like, they would grab a cameraman backstage and just go off and then get them to put that on, like, you know, WWE.com or whatever somewhere, not on the TV show. But those videos all got these huge hits and really served to, like, showcase their individual personalities and their actual personalities. I don't know if you watched that one clip. It was pretty long. But it's like the 17 minute yeah, one. There's like a yeah, 17 Randy? minute yeah. clip of them backstage. And it's fucking weird and funny and <laughs> whatever. Just but it's like. Steamroll Brandy Rhodes so hard. <laughs> Big E promo so hard he starts sweating. Yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. fascinating. That, I, well, I told like Rachel. Being your uncle and your daddy. And it's like, I don't even <laughs> fully understand what you're saying, but I'm fascinated. Yeah. Well, they're they're just so like yeah. They're just talking nonsense for most of it, but they're so fun to watch, and they're clearly having such a good time, and they're so charismatic that they make it work. Um, I did I did say I was going to ask Rachel this, and I feel like this is a, a good point to quiz her on. So we watched the uh, the Hell in the Cell match against the Usos, and Big E is wearing um, a singlet that says Big Wool on it and I would like Rachel to guess why do you think his nickname is Big Wool? I have no like honestly there's so many different I have no idea just tell me Biggie's nickname is Big Wool because he's a heavy sweater <laughs> god damn it it's good god it's real good damn it I love it so much <laughs> oh my god I just like Big E's body is so great I was saying it's this, so confusing it's so he's got some like and I don't this is I don't think he would take this as an insult he has some beautiful titties Oh, he, he would knows. absolutely take that as a compliment. He's, it's, it, he has some beautiful titties. There's always these tweets that go viral kind of habitually of like Jackie Chan was the original. Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee were the originators of like a lot of thought wear that we wear now. And you see Jackie Chan in like a lace up V-neck or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Big E is currently proliferating like fashion nova thought wear yeah yeah like yeah his bodysuit <laughs> you that would be a great with tape swimsuit yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he's got great side like he's just he's so his body is so weird he like kofi and xavier are jacked all right obviously. let me ask you can i interrupt and ask a question all right i don't want to go full f mary kill but who's your who's your new day Ooh. hmm, hmm. I mean, oh man, oh, F. Mary Kill. I, mean, I guess we don't have to go this? full F. Mary Kill. You can just pick one because I get you might not want to kill one. But like, if you had to, choose <laughs> I don't want to. I do like them all. I mean, I think I think Biggie is my favorite. Okay, 
but they're all they're all great. I mean, they they're all like an amazing promo. I oh, think I, I, meant, just, like, I was speaking pure hotness. Oh, pure hotness. Oh, pure hotness. Yeah, pure hotness. Um, I think I think Biggie is still my favorite. Okay. I'm. It's not the normal type that I go for, but like. He just pulls it off so well. Big He's e, so charismatic. You can look at and know exactly how he would like dance up on someone because <laughs> he—that's how he walks it's down the entrance. How ramp. he walks, <laughs> like. He's just got a very, very raw charisma to him. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, like, again, and this doesn't factor into pure hotness, but, like, Xavier Woods has a PhD. Like, like he's a smart man. That's hot. Yeah. I uh, See, it, it's funny. I I lean towards Xavier Woods. And yeah, I don't. And I always. Every, and whenever I've posed this question to women, no one ever does. And I don't know what that says about me. But <laughs> to me, he just seems, like, classically handsome. He's very handsome. He's very handsome. Uh, there's it's a part that, that of that that uh, that like taco meat chest hair that I I like. Oh, good for you. <laughs> you. You're still rocking that. I appreciate the the commitment. I do like when anybody in wrestling still has body hair. I think that's yeah. I appreciate that. I also appreciate that. No matter how many times I pose this, no one ever says Kofi. <laughs> oh, like Kofi. Kofi. I've had a few people say I've had a couple of people say Xavier Woods no one has ever said Kofi Biggie Kofi? hands down most popular answer well he just there's something so unique to him because like I think I like on a lot of people like if you're born into a body that big you have to own it if you are going to be a public person and like the fact that he not only owns it, but he's like, so just generally like an attractive person. He's so charismatic. I think that's what makes it over. So over the top for so many people. Yeah. I think what it is too, is like, it's a not, he, he's like sort of a novelty in the sense of like, he is very, uh, people do not look like him. Like I'm, I'm like never going to meet someone in my life that looks like Big E. but the fact that he is so charismatic, it's like, I kind of want to see what that's about. Like, what's that like, you know? Well, I mean, that calls back to a joke we had on our very first episode, what? which is that if you want to have sex with the rock, you want to fuck a car, right? The John Trowbridge joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you, if you want to fuck the rock, you want to fuck most cars. Yeah. And like Big E is a car. Biggie is a fucking <laughs> Rav Four. Biggie's Biggie is like one of those like big stretch limousines. That's like a like a like a, a stretch I'd, Hummer. A stretch Hummer. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, like a maybe a little too evocative of a penis joke. But like that's it's just true though. Like he's such a big dude. I mean, they're all like extremely attractive guys. The only thing we haven't mentioned, and it's not even important. It's just one of my absolute favorite moments and i don't know if you watched the the promo backstage that ended with them and the hardy boy uh, them and the dudleys and education. yeah yeah, yeah. with when, the kazoo when he tries to eat that kazoo and can't do it so he just spits it out and mean mugs them i laughed i had to pause it and i laughed for like 45 seconds that is just the funniest thing in the world to me it was like to to angrily try and eat a kazoo it's so silly <laughs> yeah, I was watching that and I paused because I, I just looked up at Nate and I was like, Big E just tried to eat a kazoo and he looked at me like I had nine heads. <laughs> What's really cool for me about the new day is that like I was, you know, a teenager during like the big MySpace, like, 
emo, like screamo, hardcore boom. Of like, all the people that uh, Cubis was probably the age to think were super lame is the yeah. age that we were in yeah. that scene. But yeah, like, that, that's about right. Even then, <laughs> uh, even then, it was kind of still an anomaly to see a black kid in that scene. Sure, absolutely. Or, and so, like, to go from that to like, oh, we, oh, there's a, there's a, to, to the, I see, I see a really big connection between like a black emo kid to the fandom that, and like the hardcore fandom that the New Day has and what they provide for kids who like wrestling and want to see something that isn't horrible, like the Booker T stuff we mentioned earlier. I think it's just, there's a reason, there's multiple reasons they're so over, but I think fulfilling that need is really one of them. Yeah, absolutely. like yeah, we've they, been starving for this for so long, and I that's that's what I wanted to bring up with you because now that I know we're both like upstate dirtbags, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a very there's a very northeastern thing going on there in terms of like oh I remember this and like obviously I didn't experience what you experienced because I'm a white woman, but like to be sort of an outsider go from being an outsider in that to have like something that's not only catered for you but front and center is part of why i think people love the fact that they're still so over absolutely there is they they are somehow simultaneously the coolest thing on the roster and speaking specifically to outsider nerds you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that they are without a doubt the coolest thing on that roster as far as just like being cool. But then those they are cool because they speak to outsider weirdos, you know what I mean? And like internet kids and like there yeah. is definitely more of that in hip hop for sure. You know, you mentioned little Yachty or like any of that sort of like internet culture aged hip hop stuff is like there's a tinge of like you know Tim and Ericness to what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But th- for what, well, we, but they are not nearly as joyous about it as the New Day is. Yeah, well, like I mean, Xavier is a regular on Giant Bomb. Well, he has a video game yeah, YouTube show, video game yeah. YouTube show, and like the fact that they are not, yeah, exactly. The fact that they're like here and present for these kids who like clearly, I mean. I think it's really indicative that, like, of course they released all these promos on the internet because WWE didn't know what to do with them, and kids who are looking for an acceptance that they're not finding on TV are going to go to the internet, are going to go to YouTube, are going to go to Twitter, are going to go to forums. Well, Um, we we joke a lot on the show about how wrestling is, like, what's cool in wrestling is, is like, five to ten years behind what's cool in the rest of culture. Like, it's always just sort of delayed. And I think the reason the New Day seems so cool is because they're the only thing that actually seems contemporary. Right. Like yeah, that yeah. they're they seem of the moment for sure. Uh, and they are And also they can fucking wrestle real good. Like yeah, it's maybe not we just talk about some of these matches cuz I feel like <laughs> that hasn't come up and they're very good at the actual wrestling. Yeah. Oh, the ladder match is incredible. The ladder match Yeah, I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's really good. And those guys, there are moments in that match, like if wrestling is at its core like a magic trick, the idea being like, I don't know how you did that without killing yourself for real. (laughs) (laughs) 
there are certain certain times you see through. Like I get, I understand how the mechanics of this work. You did a tombstone pile driver. I get it. His head's not actually hitting the mat. You're holding him up high enough. That's why his neck right. isn't broken. I understand it. But there are multiple moments in this match where I don't know how you did it, and I'm not sure you didn't just actually hurt yourself. Like, uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a moment where uh, one of the Lucha Dragons rides that, like, he's, like, up in the corner, and he's, like, got the ladder, and then he just sort of rides it down on top of Kofi, who's laying on the mat. Yeah. And there's, like, I don't understand how you didn't just crush him. Like, there's, the math doesn't work. It, it, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> in that match that just, like, completely blew my mind. Well, when they bend the ladder to a 90-degree angle... Yeah. That's just straight up like, oh, you used the gravity of your body. Right. Like, you you just destroyed yourself. And it's just, it's, well, I, I really, what I really loved was the blending of, like, how they have, like, they have Xavier on commentary. But, like, that kind of immediately sets up, like, oh, he's going to run off and not do commentary for a moment. So the fact that they win the match because he beans his trombone at their head <laughs> yeah, yeah. is fucking, it's so good. And it's I think so another. funny. I think another reason why why the New Day are able to stay relevant and interesting is they started out as heels. They eventually got too popular, uh, so they had to become good baby faces. But they still cheated as baby faces. Like <laughs> yeah. they're the good guys in that match, and they cheated to win that match. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that still just works. Um, yeah, because they're, they're like it's like oh you little scamp. Like that's <laughs> yeah, you're just like allowed. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Like oh these cheeky little guys. Yeah, that's sort of like why we like Ar Fox's entourage though. It's just like cheeky little guys, even though they're yeah, the bad guys. But um, they're, yeah, it's sort of the same of like we've decided he's a face to us because we like his his team of goofballs. <laughs> Yeah, so the 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 fact that that match ends with him being like "fuck it, we gotta win," and he just like hurls an entire instrument at him is so funny. Well, that and that happens in the Hell in the Cell too, where he gets he beats the Usos with a succession of trombones, (laughs) (laughs) which rules. They should have called that match 76 trombones and just done it. Like, that's a good... (laughs) I like one of my favorite... coming out in in, 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 uh, uh, um, Music Man gear and just playing that song (laughs) on the trombone. One of my favorite things in WWE is that when they make a match and then they act like that is a established type of match, like where they're just like, I'll beat you in a symphony of destruction match. It's yeah, like, yeah. that's not a, th- you just made that up. I like yeah. a 76 trombones match would be. 76 awesome. trombones match would be great. Also, what I love about that match is it's a genuinely creative use of a tool that isn't common in wrestling. Yeah. Like, I've been and that it. makes sense for the character. It's like how when like American fans learned that George Harrison likes some soft jelly candy that was only sold, sold in Britain. So when the Beatles came to America they didn't it was jelly babies I think was the candy they didn't have those so they just threw jelly beans at George Harrison <laughs> and those really hurt they jelly hurt beans are hard and I also like the idea that he didn't know that like he doesn't get the connection that that's why they're throwing it because they don't have the soft ones so he's like what yeah. the fuck are these people doing I thought they liked us 
Um, no, I, I learned about that because of an interview I read with George Harrison, I think in Disney Adventures when I was like under the age of eight. Well, but it stuck with you. It stuck with a lot. The, honestly, a lot of my education is based in Disney Adventures, but that's a different time. Uh, but yeah. what I, the, but so, but to go back to the trombone thing, like I played trombone for a semester in high school. I wasn't very good at it, uh, but that does explain why I like ska. Uh, <laughs> but I, the fact that the Usos sell being hit with a trombone so well, they're not that heavy. No. 14-year-olds march with them at St. Patrick's Day parades <laughs> every year, and they do all right. And 14-year-olds aren't the strongest people on the planet. But it's a great sell. It's a, it's a great inventive strategy for their wrestling because sure. they get to like they get to because it's a physically large thing so right. it makes a, so much sense it's a good visual and, yeah for sure uh, it's a good visual and it's goofy and it fits with the character yeah, and, I and think, he gets to play it you know what I mean he yeah. gets to use the trombone it's like a lot Before of times there's like there used to be guys with a guitar or whatever but it was always a fake guitar no one ever actually knew how to play it it was made out of balsa yeah. wood so you could hit somebody with it and not kill them this is a real <laughs> trombone and he gets to make noise with it and like it's and like taunt people with it it's fun it's um, probably a plastic trombone, if I had maybe. to guess. Maybe. Yeah, but it makes the noise, one. right? Yeah, That's it makes, what, it's, it makes it's functional, noise. which is what matters. Well, but I think that like both of these, the ladder match and the Hell in the Cell match, are fun. And I think, again, like what makes the Usas and the New Day good foils is like it is both a absolutely a comedy match and... A, a display of very good wrestling and a like almost deathmatch level for WWE anyway there are, level brutality there is what I like about this particularly the ladder match and actually both for sure but we're talking about the ladder match now is that like I feel like with a lot of times in ladder matches you can go one of two ways you can either go like the we're taking a bunch of big dives off the top of this ladder big like mm -hmm. car crash spots or you can go kind of the old school ladder match of we're going to use the ladder as a weapon and just sort of hit each other with it and then climb as well. And this is sort of the perfect melding of both of those things. We're like yeah. halfway through, they break out this like short ladder. That's like maybe four <laughs> or five feet, but then they just beat the fuck out of each other with that ladder and take all these crazy <laughs> spots into it. And it's just really like, there are rarely do I, you know, I've been like, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I've been watching wrestling uh, 30 years give or take mm. uh, there is not a lot very it's rare that I go oh I've never seen anything like that before that happens mm -hmm. multiple times in this match where like I've never yeah. seen that, I've never seen that done in a ladder match before like that that just oh. happens like a bunch of times it's all really effective they keep the slow climbing to an absolute minimum Yes, I noticed that about this too, and I appreciated There's it. There wasn't of people scurrying and getting grabbed, and or scurrying, and somebody jumping up to cat to meet him at the top. There's not a ton of that. Like I don't know how ladders work, so I have to take <laughs> yeah. each one of these rungs very slowly. Like that doesn't happen. Um, the one thing that is annoying, but it is inherent to all ladder matches, they can never end truly, like truly spectacular like huge pop of of like adrenaline because yeah. they have to secure the belts too well <laughs> yeah. so no matter what happens the last thing is someone fumbling with a fucking belt for like 20 seconds and it always <laughs> yeah. takes it out of you 
I really liked that they just put the belts on a hook so they were easier to take off. Because, like, in other ones, they've had to unsnap an individual belt because yeah. there were two. They got to just be like, got them, and we're good to go. I really liked the use of the ladder itself to brace Big E in there. Sure. Because that built so nicely. And there's also a very good conceit in that where, like, he waits until there's two guys on the ladder to lift it up. But, like, there's no way in hell that he can't just use that and use the weight on top to sure. lift somebody from it but it just it worked perfectly absolutely it was one of my favorite spots in that match they do there's there's a bunch of little things that i really like in this match that they don't a lot of people don't do in other matches like a little attention to detail stuff like they are constantly knocking the ladder over like constantly like they'll pull somebody off the ladder and then knock it over to be like okay if you want to climb it it's going to take you an extra second to set it back up and that's going to buy me some time. There's like little moments. There's a spot in the beginning where people are trying to slide ladders into the rings, like the very beginning of the match. And Big E just keeps pushing them back out of the ring and like into people. And it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you don't want to let them use the ladder. So why do you keep letting them get the ladders? Like there's just little stuff like that that works really well. Uh, it then- seems like it's incredibly hard. I mean, ladder matches seem incredibly hard to organize in general, but three tag teams doing a match of this length with ladders and everything it just seems like you, you like you have to to have a minimum of those people slowly climbing the ladder spots you have to be so thoughtful about it and like they clearly it's just a very thoughtfully put together match yeah, with people who are really know what they're doing yeah there's so few like oh, two guys are going to lay on the outside while the other two guys do stuff spots as well. It feels yeah. like people are always constantly doing something. Yeah, it's just very effective. And I think the same about the Hell in a Cell match. They, mm-hmm. there's an issue, like, Hell in the Cells are hurt now because of a lack of blood. And as much as I love, I'm not, I'm 40, I don't like seeing people bleed all the time. Uh, but there, <laughs> there are times when, like, it doesn't make sense that there isn't blood. Like if you're getting your face smashed into a bunch of metal, eventually you're going to bleed a little bit. And like that happens in these matches all the time. Now nobody's bleeding because they're not actually getting their face smashed into a bunch of metal, but storyline wise they are, but they compensate so well for the lack of that by just you like inventive spots. Like I have never seen the pin somebody in the corner with the fucking kendo sticks that is my favorite thing never seen it before i love that 30 years of wrestling and it's so perfect and like visually stunning the way he has one like across his face like all yeah really really good effective stuff that's very brutal and then then the other problem is don't bring that cowbell in just don't do it it's (laughs) so dumb Particularly if you can't <laughs> if you can't hit somebody in the head anymore, which you can't and you shouldn't. CTE is a real thing and don't hit people <laughs> in the head with chairs. But then don't use a weapon that is completely ineffective if you're not hitting someone in the head with it. Like <laughs> you hit them in the yeah, stomach liked- with a cowbell? What are you what does that even do? I liked the gong. I really enjoyed the, the gong, gong but then the laugh. cowbell, I was like, okay. The, the gong made me fun laugh so hard. It makes noise. Because- like yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had no mallet for the cowbell. So it's like, 
don't do this if you're not like it's like with the trombone like you gotta make it make the noise first yeah, well, yeah what exactly. I liked about him handing in the cowbell is that he just kind of like shrugs when he does it <laughs> yeah. you know, like I know it's very self-aware what I like about the use with the the spot with the symbol is that they make sure to hit it first to be like this is what these do traditionally right. <laughs> and then he hits him in the head with it because it's live and they can't do a post edit of like putting in a big clash sound because that's not what happens when a cymbal hits your head and again going back to the jackass thing I definitely hit somebody in, somebody in the head with a cymbal in band because nice. of jackass because that's the sort of child I am um, I think again like the where you have like this it slowly evolves into like a sort of your classic hell in the cell match with like some some interesting innovations with the kendo stick and everything that I remember I watched this live and I remember loving that spot so much where he where he pins him in the corner but it's like again it's comedy but it's also brutal and scary and I feel like there's less like they start a little I I think that's really actually interesting storytelling in this match is that yeah they start with a, there's a little bit of comedy in the beginning of this match. The cowbell. Oh, this kendo stick is like fl- uh, rainbow colored for some reason. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of comedy, but it goes away pretty quickly and <laughs> shit gets pretty serious. And like, particularly for a New Day match, like, yeah, Xavier Woods being hung by those handcuffs and just beaten the shit out of with those sticks is yeah. super effective. Well, what I thought was fascinating about that was in contrast with the the Bray Wyatt compound thing is that, again, chaining a black guy to a pole and beating him with With handcuffs, with handcuffs and beating him with a stick is kind of evocative of some we'll call it icky shit in this country's history. (laughs) But so, but so to have that, to watch that in contrast with the Bray Wyatt thing was fascinating because I was nowhere near as uncomfortable. Well, it's how, it's partially because the Usos are yeah. doing it and they don't look Because like the Usos are doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's still one of those things of sure. like, okay, they went there and it went well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff that's like, it's not even necessarily the most inventive, but I haven't seen done like that. Like they put their own spin mm-hmm. on it really well. That there's a spot where uh, one of the Usos has Biggie up on his shoulders on the outside, and then the other guy does the like suicide dive through the ropes mm-hmm. into him and smashes him into like the fence or whatever. Like, yeah, people have done suicide dives into Hell in the Cell, but to then make that a two, like a, a tag team move is just another little tweak that's just really good. And they do treat like. There's not a lot of bullshit. The one thing I will say, too, that I like about this is I always like when Xavier is the guy in the match. I feel like a lot of the times he's the guy on commentary or playing the trombone on the outside. And I think people forget he's really fucking good at wrestling. Yeah. So like, he's good. At, he seems to be good at everything. Well, he's, he's, great at, he's great at commentary, but also, like, not only is he a very skilled wrestler, I feel like he's... Even like I love Big E. He's like probably my favorite, but I think Xavier is the best baby face. Like when he's like the face in peril, like I really, really feel for him in a way that I don't necessarily with Big E and Kofi. So like I really like him, yeah, as like the guy in the middle who like the Usos are about to do like a double dive on from opposite turnbuckles because it's like 
I don't know. He has that thing. Like it's again to bring back. Like I think Sami Zayn kind of has that too. Like you just you root for him so much. Maybe it is because he's a little short. I don't know, but it's. I I I really feel that from him, and so like I'm I like when he gets to be in that position. Yeah, for sure. Well, they all definitely as a team bring something too, and we've kind of glossed over Kofi a little bit, and like poor Kofi because, <laughs> yeah, because Kofi he's tremendously well, Kofi's- talented. He's really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, well, because Kofi, I like they all supply something like big, like they, they're all charismatic, they're all smart, they're all funny, right? But like Big E is the charisma, like Xavier is the baby face, but Kofi is so fucking funny. He's he so is, funny. He is physically just a <laughs> physically funny comedian. Like yeah. the way he uses his, like they, all, everyone in this uses their body in wonderful, incredible ways. But like the way he uses his body, even when, like I mentioned him twerking earlier, yeah. but like just the way he kind of throws himself around. You were giggling really hard at what we were watching because he kept dancing to the Usos theme. And yeah. you were like, You're not supposed to like that, <laughs> but he's so great. He's just like a joyful guy. And like, I think one of the first things I ever saw them wrestle with Oh, the first things I saw them wrestle with was the Rumble, and they kept Kofi in. And Kofi pulled off that incredibly yeah. goofy spot where he they landed his foot on some pancakes, and he <laughs> hopped around and got back in the ring. That's like a tradition yeah, for him. Like he always year, does yeah. like a every fun Rumble, Rumble spot. Pulls off. Yeah, they call it the Kofi spot. There's like he pulls off some it's great inventive <laughs> way of saving himself. There's a great one where he lands he, on one of the office chairs that the commentators are sitting in, and then Pogo, <laughs> and then. And then Pogo sticks the fucking uh, chair and hops with it back to the ring. Like, he's just really, like, agile in a way that a lot of them aren't. He's got just such a, like, a very kind of next-level physical ability. Isn't there one where, maybe it's him, I don't remember which New Day member it is, because I remember just seeing it peripherally, where one of them lands out of the ring and lands on the metal steps instead. Yeah, And he was supposed to... Yeah, that was Kofi, where in, he was supposed to land slightly differently, but he accidentally landed in a better way that wasn't supposed to work with what they had planned. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's um, tremendous. He's just, like, physically just tremendous. And there's, it's sort of like, and I know this is a weird comparison, I think David Koechner is physically such a funny person, <laughs> and he reminds me of how physically funny David Koechner is. No, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Kofi Kingston is the David Koechner of the WWE. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll stand by that. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I kind of Kings- see it. I Kofi see Kingston it. is champ kid. Well, I feel like <laughs> it makes sense because I feel like David Koechner is like, he is often in ensemble comedies, fucking mm-hmm. doing a great job and is often a little bit underrated. And But also like commits the way Kofi commits. He's the very, least, very committed. He's the least famous out of everybody in Anchorman. Yeah. Um, but he's so he's still also so funny in that he movie. had a very embarrassing period of his career where he pretended to be Jamaican as well. So <laughs> <laughs> Rachel uh. looked at me for a second like she thought maybe that was real. I I could see it because he did the naked trucker or whatever it was oh, yeah, for a long yeah, yeah. time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was the new day. I want to say Sasha Banks and. Maybe it was either Rich Swan or Cedric Alexander at the time was like the 205 Live champ. And it was mm-hmm. just, they were all champions. And they just took this picture and put it on Twitter with like hashtag Black Excellence. Oh, that's and awesome. Like, 
It was tight. It was a dope picture. And then, of course, since this is WWE and it's Twitter, they got a whole bunch of shit for it. <laughs> and uh, it, like, I really appreciate the way they were like, yeah, no, fuck you. This is dope. Like, they didn't, like, yeah. try to back down or backpedal on it at all. Oh, like, if this makes you mad, all... I don't know about it. Oh, yeah, yeah they're all awesome. in black and white and all the belts are in color, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's, I mean, aesthetically, that's so many good choices. I'm, <laughs> like, you could do a whole shorter think piece about, like, them being in black and white and those being colors. Very cool, too. But, you know, somebody smarter than me has already done that. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, they, uh, we have so much more to say about this, but we, we're hitting 90 minutes. So, I think it's. Well, uh, we'll have to have you on again. You should definitely come yeah, on for again. Sure. This I'd was, love to come back on. This was super fun. A fantastic conversation. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, this ruled. Uh, thank you so much for for being here. Do you have anything you want to plug, Cubis? Uh, just check out Cancelled. Uh, you can get it on iTunes or wherever. Just Google Cancelled Podcast. It'll come up. Um, it's on Stitcher and all that stuff. So just check that out. And um, that's it for now. Oh, you can see me uh, in a Bonobos ad if you're paying attention. Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> dude. I saw it. On like Hulu a bunch. It's not necessarily a plug, but it's hilarious. Because <laughs> they put a, there's like a fucking, uh, like a big mural on the uh, side of the dry cleaner on uh, Manor Road. And it's like this Bonobos oh. ad and it's me and like four other fucking dudes. And it's. Oh, shit. I didn't know you were in a billboard. That is very funny that you are at a billboard on Manor Road, a place where you hang out all the time and like yeah. live near. Like. I live down the street. It's hilarious. <laughs> that rules. Congratulations. Uh, you can also follow, if you like this, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Cubis, C-U-B-I-S. Yeah, at Chris, at Chris Cubis on all, uh, across all platforms. He's uh, Tronal Dump is his display name if you want to make sure you got it right. Also, if you're, uh, if you're one of our lefty listeners like most of our listeners are Cubis did a really cool uh, documentary for Fusion called Chris Cubis Gets Money uh, about income inequality where he tricked a TV network into giving him a ton of money and I got to swim in the mansion he rented's pool so <laughs> check <laughs> that out tight. it's really good I didn't yeah, know it's on either. Amazon it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it Oh, Another sweet. documentary on, on here. That's dope. Um, as always, if you like our show, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleSplania. You can give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps us out. You can email us at WrestleSplania at gmail.com. And uh, we love you. And thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Later.